0: Hello friends, welcome to Running and Fitness with Raj. This show will bring you exciting and interesting guests and give you specific and actionable advice on your running, fitness, and general health. Our guest uh, today is uh, Thomas Bobby Philip, who is a very accomplished uh, runner from India, from Bangalore actually. Uh, He has been diligently building up his uh, recreational running well over uh, a decade now. He has personal bests of 37 minutes in the 10K distance, one hour 19 uh, minutes in the case of half marathon. He has run seven sub-three uh, marathons already with a personal best of two hours and 56 uh, minutes. Uh, in our pre-chat, he was mentioning that uh, he's uh, once he took to running over a decade back, nearly 12 years back, he's been extremely disciplined about not just the training aspect of it, but uh, all the other uh, other aspects which go into improving you as an athlete as a as a person and most popularly he known as the barefoot marathoner uh, in fact he was sharing with uh, with me his uh, publicity and popularity he gained during the 2015 boston marathon so glad to hear all that and uh, but let me not uh, speak too much on behalf of uh, bobby uh, welcome to the show, Bobby, and uh, let me hand it over to you to give listeners a perspective of how how you got into running, how you, what's your background like, and how you have uh, progressed. Yeah, thanks,
1: thanks, large for the wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. Quite a lot you have already uh, given an introduction. So uh, just to add on to what large mentioned, you uh, know, couple of points from my end. Been running since almost 12 years, but uh, but these 12 years have been the real limits of, you know, consistency, uh, discipline, you know, the passion, uh, everything has gone, a lot has gone into the sport. So a lot has changed personally for me. Uh, Since that time, I entered into this. So historically, uh, I have never been into sports. In fact, it's been exactly the opposite. You know, I have been, I used to smoke, I used to drink quite often at home. Uh, So none of my friends would ever even dream that I would take up a sport uh, and accomplish (laughs) so much. Uh, So this was beyond imaginations. In fact, even my friends still now, they still cannot believe, you know, what has happened to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a uh, lot of things actually fell in place very well for me. You know, so the the moment I started running, within less than a month, uh, I got introduced in Bangalore to the Nike Run Club, uh, and they had a brilliant training pattern. You know, They're very disciplined. So, so the concept of warming up, the concept of strengthening fitness. So, a lot of focus, almost 60% 60 of the focus was on uh, fitness, strengthening, stretching, you know, on the other factors, and and only around 30 to 40% was on running. So, that actually, I believe, has been the best, uh, you know, best approach for me. Um, So, yeah, so I started off from there, and uh, uh, with that level of discipline, and then the inspirations I had, you know, the inspiring runners in the club uh, makes you look forward to you know much better milestones you want to achieve Uh, i I personally did you know my first 10k i did uh, 59 minutes it was like unbelievable for me that i would do it in 59 minutes a person when i started you know uh, just two and a half months before that i would struggle even a 400 meters just to, to jog 400 meters even that was a struggle so you know overcoming all of that and doing a a sub one hour uh, full was I mean sub one hour 10k was brilliant Uh, and then yeah since then have been progressing uh, pretty well so quite a lot of uh, I mean it's uh, yeah so I mean I had the Nike Dan club the coaching from there then later on I had a lot of my friends and then uh, after that, I met a very inspiring personality who is now a coach, uh, coach Kotanda Pani. So, uh, so he has also been instrumental uh, in 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 you know, in educating, in coaching, in mentoring, guiding. What is the correct method of running? You know, so that has been good. Yeah. So then, from there, uh, it's it's been a nice, wonderful journey. Just. <laughs> Yeah, just one more important factor which I missed out is in the year 2012, uh, I also transitioned to barefoot. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was an accidental thing. Uh, um, So, but again, the experiences were so nice that I had decided to just, uh, you know, never get back into the shoes as long as, you know, uh, the infrastructure around uh, permits me. So, yeah, I have been pretty successful with uh, barefoot
0: running too okay we will spend a bit more time on that but uh, just tell me just look reflecting back in your on your initial years uh obviously you had the you, you had the fortune of um, having the guidance coming from the nike run club and uh you know people like uh, coach kodandabani who helped you maybe after a little while but what are some of the lessons that you remember from those days which you will share to somebody who is just getting into runner or lessons mistakes uh, pitfalls which people should avoid
1: uh, yeah. I mean, and
0: were there any things which stand out in your mind even today that you wish you knew uh, that you know today of course but which that that you wish you knew at that point in time or in the initial few years
1: yeah, I mean, uh, so for me, luckily, there's nothing called as wish any. I mean, I've always been getting a good uh, guidance from the very beginning. It has always been brilliant. So I always keep telling everyone that each and every runner who is in this should have a mentor, should have a coach, should have a guide. Uh, you know, once you have, uh, once you have that and, and once you listen to them, that's also very important. You need to listen to them. Then, you know, the question of injuries would not happen. So I mean, for me, it's been really smooth sailing. So I mean, I always a lot of runners I see is so much into running that they pay very little attention into the other areas. So for me, actually the other areas is more important than uh, running. Uh, so I uh, you know so even today, even today, um, you know, even though I run the full marathons, my the if i if I look at the effort, it is still 50 percent or even less than 50 percent. Uh, I would for sure say less than 50 percent is on running. Uh, it's on the other things like uh, you know flexibility, stretching, mobility, you know mobility of the body, of your joints, of your hip, of your feet. Uh, the mobility is very, very important. Uh, and then building up the strength across the body. Uh, Your core, you need to strengthen it up. So, I put in a lot more focus on those areas rather than just on running. So, that's why I discourage people, you know, even there are some who say, you know, they run seven days, continue consecutive seven days running. I tell them that, you know, recovery is equally important. uh, uh, And recovery need not be just a rest. Recovery means, uh, you know, lead an active life, uh, you know, with with whatever uh, you know drills that you can do in you know, a simple thing like meditation breathing yoga all of this are really wonderful so,
0: okay got it understood uh, so let's probably you know uh, go through those aspects uh, which are not uh, running or run training uh, related uh, as a start so what are some of the uh, uh, you know aspects that uh, you can give a little more insight into like strength training. You mentioned about yoga, meditation. I'm sure at some level, things like uh, you know maintaining a good nutrition on a day-to-day basis is also quite important. So can we go through those aspects uh, one by one?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. See, uh, so first thing is uh, fitness. You know, everyone says that they run to be fit. Uh, so I say it's the other way around. You need to be fit to run good. So I follow okay. that principle. I, I I ensure that my fitness levels are to the best, such that when I run, I can actually feel it every day. You know, every moment whenever I am running, when I run smoothly, comfortably, I know it is my fitness which is making me run so smooth, so gradual. You know, uh, so nice. So it's a lot of attribute. I heavily, uh, you know, uh, uh, what uh, I would say it, it is due to fitness. Uh, uh, attributed to the fitness and the strength, not just fitness, In you know, proper strength. Your core really needs to be strong. Your core has to be strong uh, and overall body. But core is the most important factor. You know, a lot of sportsmen say uh, your feet should be strong. I would say, no, runners, I mean, feet is not the entire body. The entire body is one unit. So every part of the body we need to focus on, you know, from the shoulders to the arms to, to the wrist. In all those places, you need to really have it. Uh, so you know, should uh, be should be strong.
0: Okay. So do you? I mean, do you do what at, uh, weight uh, weight training or what sort of strength training uh, uh, that you do? And how many? How often do you do it in a week?
1: yeah so minimum two days a week uh, okay. i do a completely focused strength training and uh, almost 100% is body weight so i don't have i don't keep any weights i do it at home i'm not uh, i don't get time to go to the gym so i do all of that at home but uh, the, but uh, the reason i also do it is because i have the confidence because uh, i have been trained by few of the real good coaches on strengthening so since I've been trained, so a lot of my friends in the running circle are uh, you know good strengthening coaches, uh, and I learn from them, and that's how I do it at home. So it's not that I just experimented. Uh, so uh, you know, so that's why I also tell people that you need someone to guide you, to look at you, and to tell you what is going correct. Because I've seen people doing uh, you know uh, uh, doing different workouts but they don't they're not you know the stability of the body will not be correct you know it could be in incorrect form so which could also lead to injury so you really need to be a bit careful so my regime is minimum twice a week i do it and then after running also i come home and spend a minimum of 30 minutes 30 40 30 to 45 minutes, you know, again, uh, uh, you know, on fitness, on cooling down. So, when I say cooling down, it's a lot of mobility, stretching the hamstrings, uh, you know, calves. My calves, being a barefooter, my calves are pretty delicate. So, you know, I I need to focus a lot on my calves, might do foam rolling. So, all of this is what I do uh, as part of my regular fitness and strengthening regime.
0: Okay, understood. Okay, and uh, in terms of um, uh, in terms of run training itself, uh, typically how many days a week uh, do you run? Uh, assume you are not training for a particular event like a marathon or whatever, and you are not in that peak uh, training uh, training phase of the last eight or twelve weeks. But typically, uh, otherwise, how many days of the week do you run, and what sort of weekly mileage? Uh, do you clock? I know it varies quite a lot between, mm. you know, between, through the year, but uh, give us a general idea of how, do you, how you go about it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know, um, whenever I'm not focusing on a specific event, uh, so as part of the generic training, I run uh, three days a week. Uh, Usually, okay. always, always it is three days a week, irrespective. So now, for example, I uh, soon am uh, also running the uh, New Delhi Marathon. Even though there's the marathon, I'm still training three days a week. So I, I prefer always three days a week because it gives me time uh, on the other days to focus on my strengthening. It also gives me time to recover uh, uh, recover better for a stronger performance the next day. So three days is perfect. Uh, and my weekly mileage, so usually each uh, the three days, two of the days I would run around 21 21 kilometers, Tuesday, Thursday, I do 21. Sometimes I even do 26, uh, uh, possibly once 21, once 26. And the long runs, I would either do a 26 to 30. Uh, and in case there's a, if I'm training for a full, then I might go touch up to 32 and probably once a 35. Uh, th- that is okay. just any of before the full marathon training. Otherwise, I'm usually content with 26 and 30. Maximum is 30 kilometers. On the
0: block. Yeah, but th- this puts together, um, you know, this puts together puts you at some anywhere between 70 to 80 kilometers yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yes, in, in terms right. of your week, weekly mileage, yeah. uh, even though you are running only three days a week. Typically, yes. most runners do four or five days. Uh, and still get to those numbers that you are yeah. uh, you are talking about. And within these runs, what sort of uh, uh, what sort of runs are you doing? Are you doing fully aerobic, or yeah. you, do you incorporate any speed work? I mean, how do how, in a generic phase?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, the early days. So you know, the initial now it's almost twelve years. So the initial eleven years, uh, there was the highest level of discipline in terms of intervals. In terms of tempo runs, the hill workouts, the leg workouts, you know, all I have been doing all of this. So you know, every run of mine has been focused with with these specific workouts. It was extremely rare that I would just go out for a run. My run means it has to be an, with an objective of either it's an interval or a tempo or a leg or the hills run, uh, or is something focused on my form. So so that's why I always say every every moment I go out. There is a meaning behind it. Uh, now, okay. since the lockdown, uh, you know, post the lockdown, you know, I'm sort of, you know, more of a content runner. And I'm really, very happy with what all I've achieved. So I'm no longer that motivated to, you know, go into those type of drills of intervals and tempo. So in the So it's in the past six, eight months, six months, I would say, since the lockdown has opened up. Um, so since the month of May, June, um, now I have been sort of, you um, know, uh, sort of endurance runs, uh, not anaerobic, aerobic uh, pace, uh, but still I do 21, not twenty one, not 26 kilometers, uh, you know, my daily daily mileage. So, so a lot of my focus has been on, you know, very nice, comfortable, easy running. Uh, and I'm also a chief running instructor, so I've there's a lot of uh, I mean, I'm I'm extremely technical in my run, extremely technical. So whenever I'm running, I'm a lot focused on my form. You know, how am I feeling? How, how good am I? You know, um, if anyone else is looking at me, you know, how would it look like when I'm running? Does it look like I'm struggling and running? Or, you know, is it nice, smooth sailing through? How will be my recovery post the run? So a lot of these things I think of during my runs. So, yeah, so that's the kind of uh, running that that I do.
0: Okay. And uh, did you follow or um, before the lockdown in your, um, let's say, 10 years or so, did you follow any particular coaching method, like, let's say, low heart rate method or, you know, any many of the other uh, coaches who are available there? I mean, w- how did you how did you kind of uh, structure your training?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I had a coach, Coach Kotenda Pane, as part of Pacemakers. We were given a training plan. Uh, and the basic approach that he had, or the basic concept of his, was gradually progressing ourselves. So if assuming that we are training for a 10K event, so we would have the intervals and the tempos and the, and the hill runs. Uh, and the intervals would probably start off with the 200 meters, then progress to the 400, and then the 600, 800, one kilometer to one mile to maximum of two kilometer intervals. We would do as part of the ten k training, uh, and then uh, uh, and again it has been a gradual progression, so, you know, towards those things. And similarly, even with the half and the full. Uh, so for the full, we would even do the intervals of you know uh, two miles, two mile intervals. Co- a couple of uh, couple of repeats, we would do two miles. Uh, we have even done uh, up to three-mile interval repeats, also. So yeah, it has always been a structured format.
0: Uh, this is all pace-based. I am assuming yes. when you say it's not heart rate-based or no. any other, uh, any other, uh, any other measure. Okay, got it. And uh, let's go back now to your switching to barefoot running in 2012. If I uh, if I remember correctly, you mentioned you switched. What kind of inspired oh, yeah. you, and uh, what were what were some of the key changes you saw? In, in your running, once you went to fully barefoot running?
1: Yeah, I mean, barefoot... Uh, so, again, it was accidental. Just that one day, I was sitting home in the evening. Previous two days, I did not run. So, on a Saturday or on a Sunday evening, I just sitting home. I just thought, okay, let me try a barefoot walk you know, around my neighborhood. So, I've never done that in my life. I mean, probably in the school days, we would go out and play barefoot. But, you know, after that... I never have a memory of, you know, ever going out of the house barefoot. So, um, so one day evening, I just thought, okay, let me try. So, I wore a sports attire and the first time, I still remember, left my house barefoot. So, every step of my, I remember it's so clear because, you know, it's the first time your sole of your feet is ever experiencing the dirt. It's the first time ever. It's a big, big change so when i every step of mine i remember the feeling that i would get uh, the sole of my feet would get and the kind of communication it would do you know uh, to my brain so um, so I'm, every foot i'm looking around here and there uh, where am i stepping on you know in general the feeling is the entire road is shut. Know, dirty, yep. so that's the general feeling. So, so every step of yours, you really want to look. You know what are they stepping on, and then you're also looking around here and there to see what you know. In case someone sees you walking barefoot, you know it looks. It doesn't match to our culture. It doesn't fit in our culture walking barefoot. It's only the poor people who would do. You know, walk out barefoot. So, I mean, I was. It, it was very difficult. I mean, uh, more in terms in terms of mental aspect, it was more difficult. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so uh, I managed the first 200 meters, 500 meters was fine. Uh, and I did a one kilometer walk, which was not an issue at all. Then I thought, okay, um, let me try a jog. So I did uh, another walk, one kilometer jog. So the overall experience was reasonable, not as, you know, as incidental as I thought it could possibly be. I thought I might come back with a cut on my feet or something like that. But uh, nothing of that happened. Uh, so it was good. I mean, the overall experience was fine. So the next day, which I think it was a Sunday, the next day, Monday, I went as normal for my run. Tuesday was supposed to be my recovery day, not supposed to be running. But I thought, OK, let me just try again a barefoot jog, an easy jog. So on Tuesday, I went, uh, I did a barefoot 5K uh, and which was a nice experience i really enjoyed that feel of you know uh, on the sole of my feet i could feel uh, you know the uh, so quite a lot of sensations i could feel on the sole of my feet which, which i felt was very good then what happened is the next day when i actually went for my regular workout i could actually feel the weight of my shoes on my feet so when okay. I'm running, actually, I could feel that I'm carrying a shoe with me and I wasn't comfortable with it. I did not actually really like it. So, But still, I continued with my workout. The day after that, again, I did a barefoot. Uh, Instead of 5-6, I progressed by two more kilometers. I think I did around eight kilometers, which was nice. Again, the day after that, when I was doing my proper drills, I could actually feel now very clearly, I could feel that I'm really carrying a weight on my feet. And and that was making me uncomfortable. So that's where I was really, you know, uh, doubtful on, you know, what is happening, you know, Uh, I'm now not enjoying my runs with the shoes on. So so th- that's how I start alternating with shoes and barefoot. I started alternating it. And then what I did is even like uh, I used to go to the stadium for my intervals. So it, let's say if I had to do eight repeats, initial six repeats I would do with the shoes and the last two repeats would be barefoot. And I would love it. The last two repeats which I would do barefoot, I would really enjoy that the best because it really gave me a lot of freedom. You know, a lot of freedom and I feel my form was, you know, much better. I could go the strong, the fastest uh, in the last barefoot intervals. So that's how I progressed. And uh, I mean, it has a lot of challenges because, you know, it's completely a new form of running. Uh, you know, you're you no longer pampered with the sole of the shoes, so you you don't have those cushions, so that pampering element is lost, uh, and your form changes, so which impacts your calves a lot. Then there's a top of the foot pain, you know. So there were because I never compromised on my uh, on my workouts because I was still doing all my running workouts, so without compromising it, uh, there was quite an impact. Uh, but luckily, six. Initial six months is the most difficult part. Later on, you know what to expect. So you're mentally a bit more prepared. And yeah, it was, uh, so uh, after I transitioned, exactly within two months, I had a 10K race. uh, And it was a superb experience, the 10K race. Uh, So enjoyed it. And then since then, the first one year, probably, you know, uh, mixed with shoes and barefoot. After that, I have never, ever run till today even once with shoes
0: okay okay in fact one of the things that uh, after listening to you know people like patrick McEwen and all which i did uh, last year was uh, at least on my easy runs now for well over a year i am doing completely on nasal breathing i don't i don't use my so, mouth at all and okay. and uh recently and i would say in the last uh, couple of months or so i'm beginning to incorporate barefoot running in the sense that uh, i have now gone up to a little uh, let's say close to a mile mm-hmm. on barefoot running so i finish my you know finish my run uh, uh, more or less maybe you know i leave a kilometer or a mile uh, not done and then come home remove my shoes and then go and do a, a go and do a run so i'm slowly cutting into it and uh, one of the things I noticed is exactly what you are saying, which is that uh, you know it gives a completely different sensation and uh, the feedback that you get, and uh, you know the the term which comes to my mind at least, it's it feels so light when you are on your when you are on barefoot and uh, moving. So I'm hoping to you know gradually increase the distance and see where I go with it. And in fact, one of my very good uh, friends and uh, uh, running buddy Ganesh has been. Gradually increasing it, he now runs at least in training up to twenty-one k. He runs barefoot, wow, uh, wow. so yeah. So and it, 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 no, he's also started it quite recently, maybe in the last four or five months. Mm. And uh, so, uh, but I have always been a fan, so I've been using, for example, ultra shoes for more. You know, many of my runs, so which is not very heavily cushioned. Uh, You know, those kind of shoes. So I've been I've been uh, quite fascinated by it. In fact, last week, I also interviewed the founder of Zero Shoes, who is Stephen Sashen, who is a very big proponent of barefoot and minimalist Mm -hmm. running. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, this is something which I think uh, is very interesting, actually. And uh, what I, you know, what I am beginning to realize is even if you don't transition to be a fully barefoot runner, incorporating it as part yes. of your training will uh, definitely help you give you a more all-rounded perspective i feel in terms of how your running is going because you clearly can feel i mean even for somebody who's an absolute novice in barefoot running i can clearly feel a difference when you are running barefoot versus uh, even with you know thin shoes let's say
1: yeah absolutely and it's correct and you correctly said that you don't need to completely transition you just need to experience it in you know, experience barefoot running as you said probably last one or two kilometers or the days when you're recovering just go out for a you know two kilometer barefoot that you, you know you those sensations in your feet you need you know they're all dead literally the sole of your feet is never ever been used uh, uh when you're wearing your shoes it's like it's i i tell people once you wear a shoe There is no life in your feet. You know, it's like a dead element lying inside a shoe. The life is in your calves and in your quads. They are the ones who pick up your feet. And there is zero communication which the sole of your feet sends to your body. So you need to bring life back to your feet. And that is possible only if you are barefoot or at least be a minimalistic. uh, That live uh, communication channel has to be established and it is a great experience
0: oh, and obviously also there is a physiological reason there right i mean as i have been you know reading up and understanding barefoot running uh, the number of nerve endings that you have at the yeah. at the un- under your foot is only is the third highest on your body after yeah. your lips and after the end of your uh, tip of your fingers hmm. so clearly if there are so many nerve endings uh, at the bottom of your feet there is a evolutionary reason why it is there right Absolutely. i mean so Absolutely. i mean it is not yeah. there for uh, you know there, it is not there as uh, appendix or something as a you know uh, as a as a as a, as, an, as a device which is of no yeah. use so it has and clearly yeah. a tremendous amount of uh, tremendous amount of use so let's move on i mean so uh, you know if somebody is i mean you touched on a few of these points but let's dive a little deeper into barefoot running i mean if let's say somebody is transitioning into barefoot running uh, if not fully, at least incorporating it. What are some of the key uh, points that you would like to highlight, or advice that you would like to give?
1: I mean, uh, see, the uh, the most important is the first day and the second day experience. You know, that's the most important, uh, and that should be the should be your best experiences. So it's very important that whenever the first time if you ever do it, go to a place which you know is cleaner. Like in Bangalore, I know there is the carbon Park, which is the best place you can ever do a barefoot run. So, uh, so in fact, we do organize barefoot promotional runs. Uh, you know, we just call all the runners who over, you know, many aspire to experience a barefoot. So we just tell you, just come over there. We will meet and we will all do a barefoot walk uh, and some can do a jog. So we just assemble over there and tell everyone to remove off the shoes and that's the most difficult part mentally for every many people. Now, removing of the shoes is so difficult for people, they can't imagine, but yeah, we enforce it. So if you come here, you have to remove your shoes so, and they remove it. And then we do a 1K walk, uh, probably a one, two, three or four or five kilometer jog. Some of them might just do a walk depending on their background and uh, they come back. We, each one of them will share their experience and believe me, everyone loves it. And around, uh, possibly around five to 10% of them, uh, actually five, guaranteed five, five percent will surely be a permanent barefoot transition, you know, uh, completely transition to barefoot. That's for sure. Every time I organize it, I know three or four of them have never gone back to shoes. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that's important. So find out a place where you, you really enjoy the experience, and once, and then uh, you know uh, if you really like it, um, you know you, you need to continue practicing uh, barefoot once a while. You know somewhere either at, you finish off with barefoot, or you know some days you dedicate it for barefoot running, uh, and preferably uh, uh, you know select a good route, and then. Once you have feet has got used to it, then you would be okay running anywhere else. You know, like for me right now, at least Indian roads are far, far better. People normally say roads in India are not good. I say exactly the opposite. The tarmac roads in India are far better than anywhere else across the world. You know, even the US and European, because US, Europe, because of the snow, they cannot have smooth tarmac roads. They have lots of pebbles on these roads. So, and that is... Quite challenging for uh, barefoot. So, you know, Indian roads are the perfect. It's really smooth. So, so you would gradually get used to all those, you know, those different ty- types of roads. Um, so, yeah, build it. And then, uh, since your form of running changes, you also need to, you know, change your, you know, you need to do a bit more of your calf foam uh, uh, rolling, probably, or stretching or strengthening. All of that, you need to focus a bit more towards your calves and quads. So yeah, that's it. I mean, and I always tell everyone, you know, barefoot is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge. It's the mind which all will never let you go barefoot. So you know, that's where you need to conquer that. You know, so you need to remove of the fear of being barefoot, uh, and then you know, you get get uh, you you get a freedom, you know, you really can go out wherever you want.
0: Got it. Okay. So basically saying that uh, take the mental worry aspect of it out of the way, at least initially by going to a place where you can run, where you know it is, you know, you, you are unlikely to encounter pebbles or glass or nails or whatever. So you just focus on the experience and then gradually incorporate it. And as your confidence builds, add both the distance and obviously Uh, where you uh, where you run that makes um, that makes perfect sense and uh, the in terms of in when it comes to racing on barefoot like let's say somebody who wants to improve their personal best at any distance is there a difference between training and uh, racing when it comes to i I would never uh, promote that so i would never ever want to promote that barefoot makes you
1: faster uh, you know this thing that is really a wrong concept you know uh, you need to enjoy the experience the result could possibly be that you are running much better you're running stronger you're you know running faster but that's just the result most important is you need to experience it you, your body needs needs to get used to it uh, so I, I mean it would be really wrong to say that it makes you faster because it's again see we all diverse you know each one of us uh, some of us, would love it. Some, most of us would not uh, enjoy that barefoot experience. Many of them, that's why they do it a couple of times and then they get back to shoes because they say, no, they don't want to take the risk. Uh, the, the fear element is a lot more uh, uh, than uh, yeah than the actual reality. So many of them do not. So, uh, so never focus more on the result, but uh, focus on the process is
0: what I would say. Before moving on, I wanted to request uh, all the listeners to please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It will only take you a couple of minutes, but it will help Mm -hmm. the show enormously and help other listeners to discover the show. So please do take a couple of moments to go and leave a rating and review on either Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you are using another app which allows you to leave a comment or a rating or review, like for example, CastBox please do that either. We also request you to please check out the website runfitraj.com. And also if you have any comments or suggestions, to please write to me directly at runningandfitnesswithraj at gmail.com. You can follow all podcast related updates on Instagram at the handle runningandfitnesswithraj or on Facebook on the Facebook group runningandfitnesswithraj. Now let's get back to the show. Now, uh, moving on, one aspect I want to touch, which is not uh, related to run training, which uh, we didn't spend too much time, is coming back to nutrition. Uh, Can you just uh, give us some more insights on some of the nutrition principles that you follow? Uh, I mean, I I know probably you don't, you know, you're not an advocate of a particular diet or uh, another particular type of diet, but uh, just help us with uh, some of the aspects on nutrition that you focus on
1: yeah i mean nutrition also to be frank i mean i am extremely a simplistic person you know i mean it's just the normal simple home food is all that is required i mean just what i've only change i would recommend is reduce your carbs a bit so reduce the quantity of rice and roti and chapati a bit uh, and increase more of vegetables. If you are a non-vegetarian, increase the you know the non the non-vegetarian factor. So increase the other nutritious food because rice and roti by itself has got almost no nutrition in it. So yeah, increase, and uh, minimize uh, oily food, fried food, frying also almost kills uh, you know kills all the nutrition nutrients. So so minimize frying. Have generic steamed fresh food. Uh, I mean, in my end, so both, all, all of us are working at home, so we don't always have it fresh. So we cook food, we keep it in the fridge, we always uh, have it the next day. Normally, sometimes we have it even the day after that, also we have it. So, so uh, but it's always, so um, what I normally promote is we have 21 meals in a week. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, it is three into seven, 21 meals. Two or three of, three, of, three of those meals can be cheat meals. Eat whatever you want. Three of those meals. But there are the other 18 meals have it disciplined. That is really a lot. I mean, that is sufficient. You know, it gives, gives you everything that your body requires. I do not have any supplement. I have never had supplement. In early, early days, I used to have, I don't even have anazols you know, during melons. I have nothing, literally nothing. Just, I have tender coconut. Uh, water i have that Uh, and zero on supplements
0: and uh, during races do you take any gels or i mean how do you if you you stick to your gels or some of the standard ones
1: yeah so only during a race so uh, all very i mean occasionally during some of the training runs where i really need to focus on my pace a lot more i would have gels Uh, Otherwise, yeah, uh, I mean, so gels, I do have it. Uh, for sure, in every race, I would have gels. So depending, okay. on, uh, depending on which race and what I want, I would have gels. That's for sure. But, uh, but not the whey proteins or, you know, uh, so n- n- none of that during my training runs.
0: Okay, understood. And uh, what is, uh, I mean, do you have a favorite workout or a favorite uh, race distance?
1: Yeah, I mean, I am more of a 10k and a, uh, and a half full. I really don't enjoy it because, I'm, I mean, I really am always challenged with the distance of uh, 42.2 kilometers. So that's okay. always, uh, quite a big challenge. How much about I train? I mean, I have done this for hour. So people say, oh, for you, it should be so easy. No, but still for me, distance is, uh, is quite a challenge. So I prefer the 5k, 10k up to the half. That's what I love. Okay. Uh, but okay. full, I mean, it's. It, I mean, after all, a marathon is there to challenge you. So, so I would do around two to three full marathons in a year. Uh, so early, early days, I would do only one in a year. But then gradually, we progress to two or three. I don't know if I ever done four. Probably might be once I've done four marathons in a year. So.
0: Okay. Okay. And any particular workout that you enjoy more than the others?
1: Yeah, no, that's a very interesting question. So, uh, so, you know, uh, pull-ups, uh, I, I, I would never do pull-ups till, you know, till I, uh, till around six, seven months, I would never, I couldn't even do even one pull-up.
0: Now I, I know. guess which is true for most people who haven't done pull-ups. So yeah. I mean, it's it one was, of the toughest was, ones to get. To. Yeah, it
1: was just impossible for me to do a pull-up. Just impossible. And I would every time try it, and then again feel disgusted that I'm not able to do it. But then once one day somewhere I don't remember was it in May, June, somewhere I decided that no, I'm going to do a proper pull-up training. You know, transition myself well into pull to do a pull-up. So it took me around months time to train myself well and i could do uh you know a couple of full range pull-ups so that uh, so i think was it in july or uh, somewhere in july august i could actually do a full range pull-up for me that wow. was like unbelievable wow <laughs> i do. know what it was so now you know whenever i do it that's my favorite i love doing pull-ups now uh, though, okay. I mean, though i'm not a big champ in it but you know I am always super excited whenever I do (laughs) pull-up workouts. The,
0: no no yeah. it's a it's a challenge uh, you thought you will never overcome so you have you have uh, as you said you may not be a master at it but uh, you know even doing one or two or five is like incredible yeah, considering yeah, yeah. uh, you know, like i certainly can't do a pull-up i mean uh, not that i have focused on it to train it but now that you mention it maybe sometime during this year i should also give it a shot as uh, you know something which yeah. as a challenge rather uh yeah. and i'm sure if you put a uh, put a uh, put a dedicated you know two or three months time and slowly transition into doing it you can do it so that's that's uh, that's great to hear and uh, share with the listeners some of your most uh, memorable races whatever comes to your mind as uh, standout races
1: i mean uh, to be frank there is i cannot highlight one specific race because every sure. race has been unbelievably a uh, great experience especially the first 10 years Year on yeah, I mean uh, you know so uh, the ten k the ten k races which I the first one was in the year two thousand nine. So the first nine years, consecutive nine years, ten k I have always been improving. My first one was a fifty nine minutes, and the last uh, uh, the ninth year when I finished it was thirty six minutes and uh, twenty four uh, seconds. So so. Year on year, it has been just brilliant. So, you know, when you have always been improving, it is. I mean, each one has been an outstanding experience. And same thing has been with the halves. My first half was two hours, four minutes, and then, uh, you know, uh, getting it down to one hour, uh, 19 minutes. And I know the experience which I've had in getting it to that one hour, 19 minutes. And I still would remember almost every minute of the race when I did and how I competed and how and, and when I finished the last three kilometers was the strongest. In spite of going yeah. at that unbelievable pace, my last three was the fastest uh, in, in in the entire thing. So, so yeah, each one of them has been a brilliant experience. Uh, so I really don't want to you know pick up one. So uh, my focus has always been into do a specific, you know do a strong training, and you would actually see the results in a race. So, you know, it has been in each one of those races, it has been uh, like that. So, even uh, uh, I know even the full marathons, how, how, how. So, again, I think the first eight years was just, you know, better and better. So, first one was three hours, 49 minutes. Uh, when I did my first full, which itself was an outstanding performance to do it first. I know many of my friends have been running since over five years and they couldn't ever go below four. And in my first attempt itself, I did it in three hours, 49 minutes. And then I know I did it in 42 minutes and then 35 and then uh, sub-330. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, 319, 315, 36, and then sub-3 hours, you know, so... so uh, yeah, I mean, it's all been a lot on my... I attribute it to my, I mean, obviously my coach who's guided me with the training program uh, and get stronger. So,
0: so Okay. Yeah. okay. And, and, and when you go for a, um, a race, any distance, do you actually have a target in mind? Let's say uh, you are going for a 10K. Do you say that, okay, let me try to complete this in, let's say, 35 minutes or 38 minutes or whatever, or do you do you give yourself a broad range within which then you start maybe conservatively and then depending on how you feel you uh, yeah. go for it i mean how do you how do you plan your races
1: yeah i mean uh, so, uh, so depending on the event yeah so for me the ProCam events are the biggest events uh, because whether it is tcs 10k in bangalore or the delhi uh, the 10k I'm in the half marathon (ADHM) uh, or uh, the TMM in Mumbai. So these three are the races. Only races where I target a personal best uh, always. So except for now onwards, I'm no longer targeting because I feel that I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm no longer that crazily training myself. You know, so I'm no no longer that insane. But still, uh, I would want to do the sub 40 minutes 10k uh, and uh, you know and around the 3 hours uh, full marathon uh, is what i would want to do so so i mean if i am doing uh, targeting for a personal best which i was always on the program so it is that by itself is a big uh, process by itself so the, so one is you train for it you peak for the event so that's the first thing so you know you have trained superb uh, and you have peaked well for the event then you have tapering uh, for the race and then uh, you know consciously taking care of your body you know not overtiring yourself and then you know ensuring that you are you are having a better nutritious uh, nutritional food uh, and then comes the mental part you know uh, so the day before the event mentally preparing and i'm and i used to be extremely serious in the mental aspect so i would actually picturize myself if i'm doing the full marathon I would actually pictureize myself doing a super strong full marathon. So I'm already mentally, you know, gone through the process of how I should be running. You know, sort of I have a strategy on when I, what sort of a pace, average pace I need to maintain to achieve this. So, so all of, so I'm really very well prepared for the actual race day. You know, so, so lot of things go uh, in the background to do a personal best
0: okay and if listeners want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do it i mean i'm there on insta i'm there on facebook uh, 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 what are your uh, what are your handles uh, so uh, in insta
1: it is barefoot bobby one or you could just search for thomas bobby philip i mean search okay. for thomas bobby philip both in facebook and uh, in insta and anyone could follow me so
0: ok am i'm, I'm
1: not okay. a big whatsapp person so i try to avoid whatsapp because i feel it includes my privacy so i check my whatsapp possibly once a day or once in two days uh, okay. and I really don't get the time you know to balance with uh, with all of that
0: okay so thank you uh, th- i will include it in my uh, show notes uh, your uh, your instagram handle and your facebook link uh, so thank you so much for your time bobby it's really really uh, You know, in in inspiring to listen to you, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of the you know runners who are listeners to runners and people who are generally interested in fitness who are listening to this podcast are also going to be greatly uh, inspired. So thank you for taking the time and talking to running and fitness with Raj. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and really enjoyed this discussion with you. And I'm glad that you know if it helps the community
0: and yeah, really very really happy thank you so much i'm thank sure you. it will i'm sure it will. thank you again thank you so much thanks take care have a good day bye thank you very much to all the listeners please check out the podcast website runfitraj.com that is r-u-n-f-i-t-r-a-j.com it has all the podcasts it has all the show notes and there is a very useful search function as well you can reach out to me on my social media handles, which are Running and Fitness with Raj on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can also email me on Running and Fitness with Raj at gmail.com. Please let me know if you have any questions or specific guests you would like to see on the show. I also request you all again to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show. We will continue to bring you exciting and interesting guests and give specific and actionable advice. Stay safe, stay healthy, and till the next show, goodbye.